Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, November 23rd edition. We had two today. If you all did not check out the very interesting Matt Riddle podcast from this afternoon, go register at Fightful.com. Absolutely free and do that. I am joined by Showdown Joe tonight. We're talking about suspensions. We're talking about 206, this Saturday's Melbourne show. Joe, this afternoon with Matt Riddle. He <laughs> I was just going to wait on what happened. He just, man, he trashed Dana White, Joe Silva, Dan Hardy, anybody that he could. It was phenomenal. I can't what did you do to, to set him off? Stories. Well, I brought up Dan Hardy. And he still uh-huh. wants that because he's wrestling in England like this weekend or next weekend. or He's wrestling in England a lot soon. I was like, did you invite Dan? And, <laughs> and of course, he said... Yeah, you mean that guy who says that he can make 155 while I'm running around at 210 right now? I did invite him. <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, the John Jones-Dan Henderson grappling match that's coming up, right? Are you there? Joe. I, I'm, I keep yes, losing you. you got me? Yeah, I kept losing you. So you're aware uh, of the John Jones-Dan Henderson grappling match, yeah? That is correct. So the same company that puts those on, Flow Sports, Matt is under contract to as a pro wrestler. But he doesn't want to end it there. He's like, get me in that Flow Grappling too. And I've been jabbing at him saying, you need to get Dan Hardy. I mean, that's, that's a natural matchup. And he went off. And then that brought up about how Joe Silva lied to him, saying that if he beat Jay Mills in London, that he would get Dan Hardy. And he didn't get Dan Hardy, obviously. And that led to Dana White stuff. Uh, He's in Vegas for Thanksgiving, and I asked him if he was going to Dana White's house for Thanksgiving, and he said no, needless to say. (laughs) A great watch. A great watch. Joe, I understand you will, in fact, be at UFC 206. That is correct. Uh, Under what capacity remains to be seen, but I will definitely be there. I did get a phone call yesterday from the UFC. Uh, Obviously, you know, haven't been around uh, 
thankfully, I'll just say this. Thankfully, there are still folks uh, from the previous ownership that are still working uh, for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And that's basically how I got in because the new regime uh, has no idea, you know, who I am and what I've done for their company and the money that we had building the UFC in Canada through Sportsnet for, you know, seven years before, you know, just right around, I guess, the Ultimate Fighters after the Ultimate Fighter started and what we did for, you know, filling up the Rogers Center and 56,000 or whatever. So they got no idea uh, much about Canada. And it's understandable. It's a new regime. They, they're getting into, I guess, their PR staff uh, that does all the, the different stuff for, for that organization is now doing it for the UFC. So thankfully, uh, I did get that phone call. So I will be there in some sort of capacity, whether I am credentialed or somewhere in the stands with the people. Makes no difference. I will be there. I will enjoy myself. Uh, the, the most difficult and stressful part, to be honest with you, Sean, is what are you and I going to do that evening? Because something about driving back from the Air Canada Centre and doing a podcast with Sean Ross Sapp does not appear to be safe at 1 a.m. in the morning uh, on the crazy roads of Toronto all the way uh, much north. Not much north, but north of, north of the city. So we'll have to figure something out. But uh, I'll be there on behalf of Fightful.com. Worst case scenario, I can either do a an, a short podcast myself that night, then we can do a full one the next day. Or, you know, I have usually have a fight team full of people over here watching the fights. There's no reason I can't do a, a round table or something like that with with some catch wrestlers that would be all too happy to to heel hook you to straight straight ankle lock <laughs> you for making them work, Joe. I mean, I know how you feel about that, but I'm glad to hear that. Uh, glad that there are some people from the old regime and maybe some people that are not there from the old regime uh, that allowed this to happen. Uh, but we won't name names, Joe. I see that look on your face right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you've got friends that, that have moved on and Dave are still able to pull some strings and I'm very, very grateful and thankful because these parties and, and people that, you know, have been around for a very, very long time, uh, you know, not that they apologize to me, Sean, but they're like, dude, we're, like, we're just like, this is, uh, we're going to do our best to figure something out. And I got the phone call last night and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Obviously I'm going, but uh, Listen, we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll take, if we'll, you wanted we'll, we'll credentials, you should have just told him you work for the same outlet as Matt Riddle. I'm sure they just would have uh, sent a courier right over to, to handle that. Uh, Matt Riddle. Okay. We yeah, love that. Bypass any sort of media credential and put me right next to Dana White guaranteed. Yeah, that would have been great. Now, we've got a bit to talk about tonight. New York is handing out suspensions like Oprah Winfrey style. Like, everybody gets a suspension. Here's what's up. Tiago Alves suspended three months for missing weight. Kelvin Gastelum suspended – well, there's a lot more that goes into this. Kelvin Gastelum suspended six months for not showing up to the weigh-in. Yoel Romero suspended two months for jumping out of the cage. Now, while these have come rapid fire, I will be the first to say I'm cool with all three of these suspensions. You don't show up to weigh-ins like Kelvin Gastelum didn't have the balls to do. Six months, see ya. If you don't make weight like you were contracted to do, three months, see ya. If you jump out of the damn cage like you were instructed not to do, two months, no big deal. Doesn't affect you. What do you think about the suspensions, though, Joe? Well, two of those three suspensions. Um, first of all, I agree with all three. Uh, I'm, on the, I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, the Tiago Alves suspension at three months 
and the Yolo Romero suspension at two months don't really do much because A, there's medical suspensions and it's not really going to hit their pocketbook because they're not going to be able to fight uh, within those three months or two months. On the rare occasion, maybe someone that has a good fast fight can fight again within three months. So it's not really going to punish them uh, in their paybook. It just goes on, I guess, their ABC record or a, a record that you were suspended. doesn't really do anything for the pocketbook. Uh, not sure what it because uh, once you know they're, they're going to fight again, uh, but the Kelvin Gastelum one is big one. It's six months now. Uh, you're going Kelvin is going quite a bit of time without making money uh, from competing in mixed martial arts. He'll have to resort to some sort of. Uh, hopefully, he can get some seminars. Hopefully, he can make some appearances. He's going to have to try and make some money a different way. Obviously, he's not going to be competing at 170 pounds ever again. Or not, I shouldn't say ever again. You never say never, but not for a very long time. He's going to be competing at 185 pounds. That one is a much different suspension um not showing up to the weigh-ins uh is 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 not not good at all uh i don't know what the circumstances were the to to the fact that he did he chose not to show up to the weigh-ins was he embarrassed did he have some sort of agreement with maybe the ufc or something to say listen i'm not even gonna bother showing up the fight's off there's no point or was that call made because he didn't show up? I mean, I think there was an understanding he wasn't going to make weight no matter what. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there was a whole let's do a catch weight thing or he wasn't going to be within that 10-pound difference. I don't know. But six months is a long time. That, to me, is a, is is more of a suspension as opposed to not even really a slap on the wrist to Tiago Alves and Yuel Romero. As for the Yuel Romero situation, um, I don't think they're really making a statement by suspending him for two months. If you're going to suspend somebody, it's got to make a statement. Now, Yoel Romero jumping into the crowd or jumping over the cage like many other fighters have done. Remember, remember Jose Aldo running into the crowd. That is insanity because who knows what could have happened there. I know you're amongst your own people, but that could have caused some sort of crazy riot if, if a staff member or security member tried to grab Jose the wrong way and then the crazy fans could have probably just gotten all defensive about it it could have gotten really really ugly so I do understand where the commission is saying you know what you got to stay in the cage man go celebrate afterwards uh you got lots of emotion but you got to stay in the cage we got to maintain order we can't have chaos so th- th- those two to me the Tiago Alves and the Yuel Romero they're not even really slaps on the wrist, Sean, but the Kelvin Gaslam, that's a wake-up call. And I wonder, what do you think? Do you think other commissions now are going to follow suit with what New York did? I hope they do. There needs to be a penalty for not showing up at the weigh-ins, not weighing in, uh, or missing weight so monumentally. Now, this has further ramifications for cards in the future, namely that UFC 206 card on Monday – Tim Kennedy revealed that he was offered Kelvin Gastelum. Seemed like all parties had agreed. Then this suspension's levied. Now, this one is this is an administrative suspension, so usually those don't even have to be recognized by other commissions. But it appears that the ABC is recognizing it, so maybe he's out. Now, I don't think it's that hard on two and a, or two and a half weeks' notice to find a 185-pounder or a 205-pounder to fight Tim Kennedy. Do you think Tim Kennedy fights on this 206 card? Oh, man. Good question. I know he called out Anderson Silva as well. Um, And we all know Anderson will jump at any opportunity to fight. But can he make 185 uh, that – and then that small of a time frame? I'm going to say no. Uh, Do I think Tim Kennedy is going to compete in Toronto? Oh, man. It's November 23rd. I'm going to go 60-40, yes. You know, there, there, there's that chance someone could step in, but it's getting close, man. 
he seems like he well he does want to fight. There's no seeming like he wants to fight. He hasn't fought in two years. I think the UFC appreciates the fact that he has stuck with this throughout all the poor guy. He's approaching Ian McCall territory at this point. No, I don't know about that. Ian McCall is just the the worst luck in MMA, man. And well, this is the third one that's fallen out for him, technically. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think he'll fight on the show. But like you said, it, it's certainly it's not certain. I was about to say certainly not certain, which I guess is true. <laughs> yeah, like it, it. The poor guy. He's had two years off. Just give him a fight. Anybody. Anybody. Who do you think he gets if he does fight? I, I originally thought the Kelvin idea would have been great. I'm sure Kelvin was really upset about not being able to compete on 205 and whatever. I'll make 185. That's cool. <laughs> Get suspended. So uh, I like the fact that Tim did call out Anderson Silva uh, and a backhanded compliment slash slap in the nose slash whatever, dude. You haven't fought. You haven't won. You suck. Fight me. I suck. I can't strike, whatever, fight me. So I like that tweet. I thought it was actually kind of funny. Uh, that wasn't verbatim, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. But um, yeah, you know what? It's tough to say. Um, it's so close. He also man. said he didn't want to fight Donald Cerrone because he didn't want a loss on his record. <laughs> hint, hit Donald, do you want to fight? Now, what did you think of that Donald Cerrone picture that he posted on Instagram? That was just disgusting. Oh. Or was it real? Was it fake? What was it? I mean, that's crazy. It's fake. He's Filming yeah. a show called Godless, but yeah, it's a prosthetic. Yeah. Speaking of suspensions, Leota Machida got handed down an 18-monther for a supplement that probably shouldn't be banned if you're, if you're being completely honest about it. And the thing is, he didn't fail a test. He told them, hey, listen, I may have taken this. Didn't fail a test. Now, a lot of people thought it was ridiculous that Mirko Krokop was suspended when he didn't fail a test. But if you admit guilt, you're suspended. And they're like, oh, oh, don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's just 18 months. He's approaching 742 years old. So we're just suspending him for 18 months since he told us. That way, when he comes back, he'll be pushing the century mark. Or maybe the millennium mark. What was the, what was the stuff that he admitted to? DHEA. Okay. Well, yeah. But at the same time, Jack shit. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't competed since what, 1986, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. I was one. <laughs> right? I, was I just, one. I don't get it, man. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think I brought up Machida's name so many times when we first started these podcasts. I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? What is going on? Oh, I'm in the news. I, you know, got to spend 18 months. Great. All right. I think 1986 was the last time I was interested to see him fight. Oh, that's just terrible, Sean. Come on. It's true. I don't like watching him fight. I don't. Like when people say, oh, it's calculated, it's beautiful, I'm like, no, I'll watch Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson for that. Thanks. Uh, That's a fair assessment. Machida is a counter striker who doesn't like to press forward, but then when he does press forward, he finds all kinds of success. He presses forward. I, I have him. He, I think he could beat anybody, but even at this age, I think he could. But he doesn't do that. So Fedor's back. We talked a little bit about it on Sunday. Are you excited to watch Fedor fight Matt Matrione? 
That's a great question, only because my initial answer is no. <laughs> I, I, no, no. I mean, again, it's, I'm, I'm talking on the, I'm from the greedy side here. I want to see him fight for Ryzen uh, when I go out there in December. He's not going to be competing there now. Uh, I like Matt Mitrione. I've always had some good laughs with him in Vegas. Um, it, but it's, it's, I don't know. I, I'm going to watch. Yes, Sean, I'm going to watch. But I, I have zero excitement for Fedor because to me, it's, you know, it's, his whole career to meet, not his whole career, there's always going to be that what if, imagine if uh, label to his career and whatever Hall of Fame he may go into, it's, there's an asterisk there. You, know, you never continued to fight the best after Pride was, was, was swallowed up by the UFC. You, know, you chose not to, uh, and we always want to see Fader in, in, in the octagon, and that's just the one thing that's a blemish that many of us are going to have, unless one day some other organization... Uh, Ryzen some way can can be larger than the UFC if that's even possible nowadays because the UFC is such a mass machine. But remember, Pride was bigger than the UFC at one point. So um, we'll see where that goes. But there's always going to be that on his record, man, on, on his career, that legacy that he never fought in the UFC while so many other guys did. Mark Hunt had such an incredible run in the UFC. Imagine if Fader continued when he was in his prime doing what he was doing. He could have had that belt and you could have probably stamped it no ifs ands or buts greatest heavyweight of all time what do you make of the news that ronda rousey was so upset after facing off with amanda nunez and i guess she wasn't supposed to talk but people expected her to that she had to be consoled backstage um if we're judging the the needle of like where i care it's it. I don't even think it's moved. Like it's <laughs> really. What are you upset you think this about your, I don't like. What's wrong? Like, why are you freaking out, man? Like, what's you're fighting this girl? You need to be consoled. What? What Which, happened? I mean, you never know. Like, maybe, maybe a pet died before that. Who knows what was going on? How, yeah, listen, that, that's a great. Anything could have happened beforehand, but. Oh my gosh! Like, I love Ronda to death, but how, what's wrong? Like, you're gonna be fighting this girl. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, man, this is so unrousy. Like, like she was the one who knocked out Betch Correa and said, "Don't cry." After she brutally, and I mean, you don't see people getting knocked out like that in either of the two women's divisions. Like, cold like that. Like, and she did it right on the straight out of Compton sign. And Betch Cohea talked all that shit. Ronda Rousey said, okay, knocked her dead. Hit her with a great clap back. And now supposedly she needs consoled after a face-off. I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I mean, I, I heard the news from a very reliable person, but don't know. I, I wonder if it went down the way that it's conveyed. You know what I mean? Yes, I completely understand. I, I, again, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, well, sorry, I shouldn't say that because it, I can see it in a way because, um, you know, I've been backstage and Rhonda's not in a happy mood. Uh, I've interviewed her when she's not in a good mood. Uh, I've interviewed her when she's in just an absolute gem of a mood. Like she's just an absolute sweetheart. So um, I, I don't believe wholeheartedly that she's just she's volatile like that emotionally, but... 
whoa, man, if, if, if that's the case that, you know, you're, you're, you've got to square off, you're, you're the challenger for the title that was once yours to storm off like that. I, I don't know. I don't know what, but it, something went on. Something's going on there. And, you know, in all seriousness, no, I hope she's okay. Don't get me wrong, but whew, yeah. Whoa, what's going on there? It appears that well, Conor McGregor's agent says the client that his client Conor McGregor, uh, this guy also manages like Chris Weidman, Tony Ferguson, who we'll be talking about in a little bit. He says Conor McGregor is willing to listen to WWE's offer. Now, Joe, the really interesting aspect of this is McGregor is not fighting. They say until May. Now, here's the thing: if his kid's born in May. He ain't fighting for probably at least probably 90 days, or maybe not 90, probably about, I would say a minimum of 45 days after that, because you know Connor, he doesn't give a shit how long he has to prepare. But he's not going to be training for a fight while his kid, he's waiting on his kid. Probably not going to be in the weeks after that. After you know, Probably June, July, I would say it happens. Actually, July seems reasonable because that's when they do that big show. WrestleMania is in like March or April. The WWE would love to have Conor McGregor for that. Matt Riddle had a fantastic idea, Joe. If you want the biggest face-off you can do, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather in a WWE ring. That could get ugly, though. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. It could definitely get real, like really, really quick in there. Um, I think it's a great idea. I think there's a... I think there's more of a chance of it happening in a WWE ring than a boxing or UFC ring. I think Matt's and yourself are bang on. Yeah, I could see that definitely happening, but there's a lot of volatility that could happen right there that could explode very, very quickly. I hope it does. That's ratings. That's- <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> okay, so did you hear what happened at, at Survivor Series? Uh, negative. Okay, so they built this Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match, right? Goldberg's first match in 12 and a half years. Uh, you know, a big, a huge draw. He's one of the bigger draws ever, really. I could say that. They built it up as Fantasy Warfare. They based a video game on it, Joe. A video I game. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Brock Lesnar has not been, he's not tapped out or been pinned since 2013, maybe. He, like, passed out in a submission once, but, you know, it, whatever. Goldberg steps in, spears him twice, jackhammers him, pins him in 90 seconds. Come on. That's the main event. Now, wow. as, as it happened, there were people on this very show that speculated it was the end of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I was livid. I didn't, well, I, you know, I didn't know what to think. It's like, is this it? He said this is his only match. As it turns out, he'll be back. I'm kind of backing off the, the anger and stuff. But, hey, it caused a lot of controversy. I will say we have never had more people watch a live show than immediately after that. Here's how crazy it was, Joe. It ended the show so quickly. The show was supposed to run until 11. The WB pay-per-view ended at 10.25. The post for the damn show wasn't even up yet. I set them up for like 10.30 that night, so I had to rush and do that. But if Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather beat the living shit out of each other, and it goes off the script. Well, that's good for UFC. It's good for boxing. It's good for wrestling. It's sure as hell good for this show. So, good for this show. It's good for the Monday show, for the Tuesday show, for the Sunday show. 
<laughs> it's fantastic all the way around. Absolutely. So I hope it happens. I do. Khabib Nurmagomedov says he's willing to fight Tony Ferguson for the interim title. Joe, I think this is good. It's level-headed of Nurmagomedov. And since he mentioned that, it might happen. I think that's an awesome idea. I absolutely love it. Only because we don't know. Obviously, we, we know Connor's not going to be around for quite some time. Um, but it's not. Usually with interim titles, it's a severe injury and or at least one year that the champion is going to be off. Um, I would put usually. uncertainty of the division's future up there too. Because yep, you just right. don't know what Connor's going to do. He could show up in July and say, well, you know what? I want to defend my lightweight title, but there is just as good of a chance that he will say, no, I want that welterweight title or I want to defend my featherweight title or all of you can go to hell. I want to fight Razak Al-Hassan. Like you don't know what he's going to do. I think it's a perfectly acceptable reason. I'm usually against interim titles, but why not? Oh, well, can you imagine Ferguson and Nurmagomedov going off? Like that would be sick. That's just... That is a title fight, let's be honest. I mean, that's an yes. amazing, amazing boat, right? And they're, um, they're going to need to be the first quarter of 2017. They are going to need a fight like that. Just go ahead, put it as a co-main event with a welterweight title. Put, hey, put that on the, the Wonder Boy Woodley rematch. Ooh, sign me up. Yeah, and then you, you do that in March, right? Um, Super Bowl show is going to be too close, right? Because the Super Bowl show is the end of January. So you do that at the end of February or the, the beginning of March, and then you set up the winner takes on Conor McGregor in June or July. Yeah. BJ Penn, Yair Rodriguez, headlines UFC Fight Night 103. Now, BJ Penn, another guy approaching Ian McCall territory. He has been booked against Dennis Seaver, against Cole Miller, against I feel like I feel like Jeremy Stevens maybe. Uh, I can't or no Jeremy Stevens maybe called him out uh, against Yair Rodriguez. Now they have gotten it progressively worse every damn time they've tried to book this guy. They went from <laughs> from having him on the prelims of a really good show against Dennis Seaver. Cool against to a headlining show against Cole Miller. Neither one of those guys need to be headlining a show at this stage. To headlining a show against Yair Rodriguez. Jesus Christ. Why would they do that? It's 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 yeah, it's I honestly Yair Rodriguez like, is gonna hit him with a somersault seven twenty spinning kick to the eye socket and Penn will never fight again. Oh, Sean, I'm not going to disagree with you. I cannot disagree with you because when I first saw the matchup, I said, this is this is not good, man. This kid, Yair, is fast and he's going to have the opportunity to build his name up. Um, I mean, let's, I, I don't want to see BJ Penn return to action. I really, really don't want to see him come back. And here he is coming back against a young, hungry lion that's just going to go nuts. I mean, I thought we had learned our lesson with BJ Penn versus Frankie Edgar when the the whole standing up straight stance was like, whoa, no, 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 no. And Frankie had his time. Like the balls of his feet. Yeah, you know, and then I I, I know stories about that from from 
afterwards that kind of blew my mind as to why he decided to do that. Um, it just goes it goes against all logic, all mixed martial arts logic. Um, Ayer Rodriguez is just so fast, and I, I think he's going to have something like six inch reach advantage, if I'm not mistaken. And you speed mentioned- and just what he does. Oh. You mentioned stories about why he decided to come out in that stance. Are you able to share any? It, it was someone had gotten involved. To my understanding, uh, someone had gotten involved or got into BJ's head and explained the importance of fighting Frad, Frankie Edgar straight up. And BJ bought it. The last second, wow. about a week or two, maybe two or three weeks beforehand, um, he realized he had wasted a whole camp doing something wrong but had to continue doing it, didn't want to change anything because this is how he got ready uh, and then brought in somebody else that knows BJ very, very well. And the guy was like, you can't do this. Just go back, just unlearn everything you learn and go back to what you know. Um, And apparently BJ chose not to. And there was nothing this guy or anyone could do to change BJ's mind, even while the fight was going on. That's rough. That's rough. Guys, by the way, if you haven't visited Fightful.com before, go do that. We cover MMA, pro wrestling, boxing. If you don't like either one of those, you can go to Fightful.com slash MMA slash wrestling slash boxing. We do five to seven live podcasts a week. You can register absolutely free, no credit card ever needed, for early access to some of our podcasts, some of our columns, uh, our forums. We have a contest going on on the forum under general discussion. Book your uh, best WrestleMania angle, whether it's a kickoff match or a main event, the winner gets a starter pack from Philsinger Games. Go to philsingergames.com. Check them out. Lots of cool stuff over at Fightful.com. Check out our video section and our photo galleries. We're looking to bring you as much multimedia as possible. And, of course, the most live coverage of any website ever. Ever. Go do that. We have stories all throughout Thanksgiving weekend. No dead periods for Fightful.com, damn it. None. Getting angry about it. Other sites, they just they take days off. Days you need off. sleep, buddy. You need sleep. It's blackout Wednesday. I'm not sleeping. You know what? I was literally going to ask you, what is this blackout Wednesday that you Americans speak of? We don't have a blackout Wednesday or a blackout. Well, we do have blackouts in Canada, which is every Saturday night. But what is it? What is the blackout Wednesday? So here's how it goes. And I don't drink. I've never drank before, but. We have Thanksgiving Thursday, obviously, Black Friday, which is the day in which all the crazy sales happen, which has now went into Thursday. We have Small Business Saturday. I don't know what the hell Sunday is, but Monday is Cyber Monday, where there's all the deals there. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving is Blackout Wednesday. The reason it's Blackout Wednesday is because usually it's kind of like a homecoming thing. Like a bunch of people who lived in the town that you grew up in, they're back to visit their families for Thanksgiving. So what they do is they come in the night before because who wants to drive in hours or fly in the morning of? That could be a mess. Your flight could get delayed. And people just go out to the local bars the night before and get blackout drunk. I was unaware of such intel. And now that I have this information, it is 8.06 p.m. uh, Eastern time is about an hour and a half for me. I could get there by about 10 if we end the podcast right now and I could enjoy your American Blackout Wednesday. You could. When was Canadian Thanksgiving? It was last month, right? Ours is always the third Monday of October. 
Because I remember when Jimmy was like, yeah, the team, the tech team will be out. It's Canadian Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't even know such a thing existed. <laughs> it's, like, it's like me and Matt were talking on the show today. Like, you see people on a screen, and I've only seen Canadians on a screen, let's be real, outside of those I've worked with in wrestling. <laughs> and you don't know that they have a brother, a sister, kids, anything. You just know them as that. So if you find out, like, if I found out you had a brother, I'd be like, really? I thought you just sat there in front of that wall all the time. Like, I thought that's all. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I, had, I had so many, like, I got so much business that I do uh, with, with, with Americans that the Monday of Thanksgiving here, they're calling me, they're texting me, they're emailing me. I'm like, you got to stop. I'm not, I got a ton of family stuff that I'm doing right now. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. We just, I'm not near any, I got my phone. I got my phone, but I can't give you a quote, a priest, this, that, blah, blah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. It's, it's kind of cool though. We're also going to take some questions since we're, you know, we've got through the main topics of today's show. Uh, <laughs> Luke Rockhold says that he's looking at a March return. Now, okay, if he's taken until March to come back, that's four months like from now. Get Yoel Romero in there. It's like, uh, how long? You can't hold Jacare out until then. You can't. No. So what do you do with him? With Musashi? Yes. Yeah. That's what I do too. I'd put him on that aforementioned. I'd put Jacare, Musashi, Khabib, Ferguson and Woodley Thompson all on that same card and just enjoy. Those are six guys that you could stand to up their profile. You're saying what for the Super Bowl card? Well, here's the thing about the Super Bowl card. They're not doing a Super Bowl pay-per-view. They're just doing a Super Bowl card. They're doing a UFC fight night from Houston, but it's not going to be a pay-per-view. Oh, interesting. All right. I didn't even know that. I was checking the schedule. I didn't see that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, at least at least I believe. I, I will check the schedule and make sure. But I, I believe so. Also, there's a show in Albany the night before UFC 206. Didn't realize that either. Oh, I saw that December 9th, and I was like, uh, okay. Maybe That's I'm weird, right? I'll be one. out of town that night. But yeah, but yeah oh, shoot. We got to talk about this uh, Melbourne show. I guess I guess we have to. <laughs> That's so much cachet this card has in our eyes. That Oh, by the way, yeah, uh, it's our Wednesday podcast. We generally preview the UFC on Saturday night. Oh, we forgot. It's not a good card. Yeah. It's a, it's a real bad card. It is. Like, if you're talking about people that other people give a shit about, the amount of shit that the UFC give about this card is that they didn't even update the profile, the description of it, to reflect that Musashi, or not Musashi, that Jacare and Rockhold have been off this show because it, the description is watch a rematch of a classic title fight from Melbourne. And I'm like, that fight hasn't existed for a month now. But we do have one real good fight on that show. Real yep. good fight. Derek Brunson, Robert Whitaker. I'm excited for this. Uh, Derek Brunson has proved he's a hell of a lot more than a wrestler. Robert Whitaker is just one of my favorite strikers to watch. He and Gerald Harris, I, I love bringing up Gerald Harris, but they, like, watching them gave me an interesting style. I used to be just the worst at stopping takedowns. And I would notice they'd keep one hand up here and one hand really low. 
And I would ask why they did that. And I, I can't remember which one told me. It's so I can shoot an underhook in if somebody tries to shoot a takedown on me. And it, it just it helps me out like that. Also, you can flick the jab up there. People don't necessarily see it coming because there's a lot of guys that will watch the face instead of the shoulders or the hips, anything like that. They'll watch your face like somehow you're going to stick your tongue out and punch them in the face. But um, <laughs> Brunson's got this amazing power. Whitaker has this amazing technical ability. This is a high-level fight. And if there wasn't this log jam at the top of that middleweight division, I would be all for either one of these guys getting a title shot because they're both world-class fighters. They're amazing. And I'll never stop talking about how Whitaker sort of just opened my eyes up to like how awesome his striking was when he competed on the ultimate fighter uh, way back when. Uh, and I, from when I saw him, I'm like, this guy's for real. This guy's sick. So he's always, I've always had a soft spot for him. And, you know, this Brunson matchup, uh, the, the way these two, you know, each other, this is going to be a tough fight for Robert, obviously. Uh, and Brunson's going to bring it. And I think Whitaker's got to use that footwork and pop, 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 and get out because I don't think he wants to get too close to him and, and then just start destroying him as, as, as much as he can. Because if he doesn't, I think if, if, clinch with him and hold him and suck the will to win out of him and just break him down, um, control him as much as he can. He could pull off a victory here. Um, but at the same time, I think Whitaker's speed is something else. And I just think that if he can use that jab accordingly, if he can use his combinations properly, stick and move, be aware of where he is in the cage, uh, I think he's going to emerge victorious. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a stoppage in this fight. I cover MMA for a living. It is my life. I love it. I live it. I breathe it. I take great pride in it. Outside of those two guys, if you showed me a picture of anybody else on this show, I would not be able to tell you their name. That being said, how often do you think the UFC is going to go back to Australia under this new regime? I lost you there, Sean. I lost you there for a bit. I said, that being said, how often do you think the UFC will go back to Australia under their new regime? Um, profitability. Profitability is always number one. Uh, and and I, I was under the mindset, always have been, until the new regime um, came in, that one of the reasons why they could give a rat's ass uh, – shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin there uh, – give a rat's ass about – Canada is because they apparently maximized the revenue that they could generate um, from a country and or a market like Toronto. Uh, why bother going there when we're not selling out the Air Canada Centre anymore, when we can go to Australia and sell out 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 seat arenas and stadiums, or we can go to this country or that country, and it's almost like they cannibalize or milk as much as they can out of certain areas. And if Melbourne um, or Sydney or Australia, uh, or wherever, be it Germany, be it England, London, wherever, if they can continue to fit and really meet that supply and demand, I think they will continue. But if, if based on what you're telling me that there's a good chance that American focused, which markets are going to are they going to be selecting from, and how many events? Where are they going to do it? So to me, it's all about profitability. If they know that they can get major money from overseas, again, it does screw up a few things. A, they're always going to cater to the to the North American market with their pay per views. 
Um, so that kind of screws the locals and the locals. So if you start getting rid of your world um, events, you may screw up the product growing up for people that want to actually compete. Because if you start having your events locally at local times, it's on prime time. People can see it. And that's how you build a sport. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 are they going to regress or are they going to progress? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Whenever somebody says CM Punk shouldn't have fought, I point to Yao Zakui, who is on this show. He is two and four, and he's on this show. Speaking of CM Punk, he says he wants to fight again in January or February. Now, he's not a major pay-per-view draw, but he will get some interest. Um, I think it was Jeff Hawkins that said, I would just put him on a Fight Pass show, whether it was Titan FC or UFC Fight Night. I would put him on a Fight Pass property and let them benefit from the subscriptions. Do you think he fights again? If he wants to, he will. Right? If he wants to, he will. Uh, I, I think the answer is yes, because sure, it is an absolute horribly sour taste in his mouth that he just wants. Let, let me get my hand raised. Let me get my hand raised. And, and this time around, they'll probably pay much more the actual opponent that he'll be facing. Because uh, let's be honest, you know, he was a brown belt that he competed against, and nobody really knew who he was. And Mickey did what he had to do. So it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things. So you may want to do your homework. Because speaking of Titan, I can't believe I, – I don't know. Again, it, you, I'm going to ask you this question, Sean. Uh, it, it could be my own little bias. Um, the featherweight champion for Titan um, is now – has signed with World Series of Fighting. I who, thought, Andre? Okay. What, what just – yeah, like what just happened there? You're getting close to the UFC, uh, and I guess he just he gets rid of his belt and he went to the World Series of Fighting, and he's fighting on the undercard, where he might fight once or twice a year, what? the way they do things. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely puzzled. I'm trying to find out how the hell are they still around? Strange, strange. Dichotomy. They've got they've got some good talents though, like Blagoy Ivanov. You put him in the UFC, I think he's a top fifteen. Right now. He's a badass, uh, yeah. Gaethje's I mean, good. I mean, they, they've got talent there. Yes. Marias. They, they've got some good people. Weird signing, though. I mean, that's where that's where your interest goes to die. I can't remember the last time I've been like, damn, got to watch this World Series of Fighting show because they don't – they have good fighters. They don't have competitive fights. The, the last fight I was excited to see – I think was Melvin Gillard versus Justin Gaethje. I think that was it. I was like, okay, let's see what he does against a guy who will push the pressure and has proven he can beat some guys. That's it. For me, I think it was Fitch Berkman. I mean, that's how far back I go. That was a fight that I really wanted to see. And okay. Were you having trouble sleeping? (laughs) Oh, geez. Joe, anything to leave these people with? What's that? Anything to leave these people with before we go? No, thank you very much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, make sure – try and get – hopefully Sean can have a sip of something. I know it won't be a blackout Wednesday for Sean, but I definitely want you to go out, enjoy yourself, enjoy your, your friends and family because, um, you know, I've always been labeled as the hardest working man in MMA. You crush me. 
when I was in my prime, hey. I did not work. I did not work as hard as you. Uh, I, I, you know, sometimes I, I'm not gonna lie to you. There were things that were spoon fed to me and I would work my tail off, but not like you. So please go out, enjoy yourself, enjoy your family. Looking forward to catching up with you, boss. This is all I'm drinking. Sponsor me gold peak. What's up? Fightful online guys on Twitter and Facebook, share our stories from Fightful.com. Like I said, we have news coming at you all throughout the Thanksgiving weekend. We are not taking a break. I commit to you guys. I'm working for you guys. That's what I'm doing here. Thank you all so much for the support. I really appreciate it. Fightful has grown like real quickly, really quickly over these past few months. So thank you all so much for supporting for, for following Joe, for following me, for following Matt, for following Alex and David and Carlos and all these good people. Thank you very much. Guys, until, hell, maybe, maybe Monday night, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.